All right, amen. Was that a blessing? That was a blessing to me. I like to uh, sing along with the vocal groups and then I feel like I'm part of the vocal groups a little bit. So, uh, But it's good. Praise the Lord. Appreciate the songs. Appreciate uh, the message this morning from Brother Robin. Uh, if you have your Bibles, please turn to... I'll get you turned to two places if you can do that for me. Acts chapter 20 and Hebrews chapter 13. I'll read two verses here. Uh, and then we'll make a little bit of application. So Acts chapter 20 and Hebrews chapter 13. appreciate the opportunity to speak tonight and I uh, appreciate just being part of this church. I know I say it a lot, probably most of the times I get up to, to speak, but really do appreciate the Lord has established this church and put the people in here that are here. Um, whether we always like each other or not is probably... <laughs> Not the most important thing, but that we love each other is the most important thing. But it's good to be part of this church. Acts chapter 20, Hebrews 13. Uh, I'll read Acts chapter 20, verse number 28. And uh, yeah, we'll just read that verse. So the Bible says this. It says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. Talking to pastors. To feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. A pastor oversees and feeds the flock that Christ has purchased. If it's something that Christ has purchased, then it's very valuable. So that's a, one of the pastor's roles is to feed the flock that Christ has purchased. If you flick over to Hebrews 13 for me, I'll read just one other verse over here. Hebrews 13, verse number 17, and we heard this one this morning. I was a little bit worried that Brother Robin was going to preach. Verse 17, it says this, Obey them, but it's, he didn't, so that's all good. Hebrews 13, chapter, uh, verse number 17, it says this, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Talking about those who have the rule over us within the church, obviously about pastors as well. And a pastor watches for the flock's souls. And it says in this verse that they're going to give an account for what they see and how they treat the flock, how they lead the flock. So Acts 20 says that the pastor oversees the flock, feeds the flock that Christ has purchased. Hebrews 13 says that they watch for our souls and they're going to give an account and I guess I just summarise it by saying this, that Christ died for the church, that means he values it greatly. Amen. And if he, he values it greatly, then he's going to put something, someone in place to take care of that church, like we just saw in those two verses, to feed, to watch, to oversee, uh, to, to give an account for. Uh, and that's a great responsibility. Being a pastor is a great responsibility. And I think something not something that we shouldn't take too lightly, something that the pastor shouldn't take too lightly. But tonight, really, I want to look at the flip side of that. It's something that we as a church shouldn't take too lightly, something that we shouldn't take for granted, that it is a great responsibility to feed and to oversee and to watch for the souls of the church that Christ has purchased with his blood. So this church here, Christ has purchased this church with his blood and he's put in someone, a pastor, an under-shepherd, an overseer, to watch for our souls because he values this church. So we should not take that lightly. We should be like, okay, we should, we should pay attention to that and we should be thankful for that. And I'm sure most of us here are thankful for that, but tonight really I just want to talk about this thought of caring for your pastor 
you could you could say supporting your pastor, appreciating your pastor, um, but yeah, caring for your pastor. And I really just want to be quite practical tonight. Share some thoughts on this. I've got about ten things that I'm just going to list out. Uh, so I guess it's not really a, a, I'm preaching a message to you tonight, but really just sharing some thoughts that I pray would be a help to our pastor, uh, to anyone else. You know, if you go to another place and you're underneath another pastor or anything, you can encourage someone in another church to think this way about their pastor. These are just some thoughts that I believe the Lord would have us look at tonight, and I pray that it's a blessing. So. If you do take notes, then I encourage you to write these things down because they're going to be good things to come back on and just go, hey, how, how am I doing with this? Uh, just assess ourselves a little bit for that. Um, now, for those of you who don't know, I've been working pretty closely with Pastor Lloyd for approximately 10 years now in, in the, on the staff here. And I've found, even just putting this list together, that I really need to remind myself of some of these things. Um, and I don't say that to say, you know, well, I've been in, on staff for 10 years and I've got it all together. No, that's what I'm saying is you can kind of take these things for granted a little bit, okay? So these are some things that the Lord's spoken to me about. I want to share with you. Um, and I guess the only other thing I'd say before I get into this tonight is I know that our culture, our Australian culture, can be a little bit like I don't, I don't want to, you know, give praise or, or whatever to someone that's in authority over me, but we need to just put that aside and just say, this is, these are some things that the Lord would actually instruct us to do. Uh, the Lord would actually encourage us to do. Um, so I know that can be a little bit of a, a battle with some of us, um, probably even particularly some of the males, but I think it's just something we need to put aside and say, what does God expect of us, and how does he want us to care for our pastor? So I pray this is a little bit of a blessing for us. Um, so I'm just going to list them off, and they're not really in any particular order. Um, so I'll just start with the first one, and this is the first one. Number one is this, just pray for our pastor. I know that's like pretty obvious, but sometimes we just need to remember that we actually need to do that. We need to pray for our pastor. Consider the needs that he has. Consider the burdens that he has. The things that he faces that he's going through. Because, um, you know, for most of us, we probably see him, you know, a couple of times a week, maybe a couple of hours a week at the most, and not really enter into the things that he goes through and, and, and battles with and has burdens with throughout the whole week. Okay, so we need to continue to pray for him. And First uh, Thessalonians chapter five, J- uh, Jamie read it for us, verse number twelve. You don't have to turn there, but it says this, and it's talking to us. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labour among you, and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you. It says that we're supposed to know that word, know the people that are in authority above us. And when I looked up that word, and this is, this is what it means, it says, like, to know them means to have regard for one, cherish, pay attention to. So that takes a little bit of consideration. That takes a little bit of thought into, hey, what does our pastor need? What is our pastor facing right now? What is he concerned about? What is the Lord speaking to him about? How can I pray for those things that all those things rolled into one? That word know them actually also has this meaning of have an interview with. So it's almost like you need to sit down and really question and find out what does our pastor need? What are the prayer points that our pastor has? Some of them you're never going to know unless you actually ask him. So he's going to share some things from this pulpit. You might hear someone like his wife or, or, or a staff member or a ministry leader or something mention something, but some of them you're just never going to find out unless you actually ask them. 
I mean, you think about it on a Wednesday night when you pray with someone and you actually ask them, hey, what are you going through? What do you want prayer for? Sometimes they're just going to spit out something that you had absolutely no idea about. So let's not neglect our pastor in that and we can actually go up to him and say, Pastor, what do you need prayer for right now? You can send him a message and say, Pastor, I just want to pray for you. What are some things that I can pray for? That's really practical, really easy, but sometimes we can just neglect to do things like that. So just want to encourage you, we need to pray for him. And I'll just, if you're jotting anything down, I'll just give you a few areas that you can pray for practically for our pastor, okay? So obviously health. Pray for his health because if he's not in good health, then he can't do what the Lord's asked him to do as effectively. So pray for good health for him. Uh, I've said this, pray for rest, a good rest. As a staff member over the last however many years, I've heard pastors say his Saturday nights are pretty restless. You know, before he has to preach two times, it's just, it's, sometimes it's just a bit of a nightmare, okay? So you think about this, our pastor's uh, nights, particularly a Saturday night, are going to be different to a pastor that's older, kids out of home or doesn't have kids. So his Saturday night's going to be quite different to another pastor's Saturday nights, just practically speaking. He's got four small children, you know, they could be up, vomiting, I don't know, got different problems, can't sleep, whatever. It's just something that we can practically pray for, that he would have a good night's rest on a Saturday night so that he can come prepared, ready, and minister on a, on a Sunday morning. So pray for his rest. Pray for his rest through the week as well. Um, quietness for study. I know that oftentimes he's tried to study, whether it's here or at home, and you know, inev- inevitably someone starts up a lawnmower or something and not looking at anyone, Brother Daryl. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> But inevitably, those things will come up. So we can pray for those things or against those things. or you know, Do you know what I mean? We can, we can pray purposefully and specifically that our pastor would have quietness in his study time. Because don't forget that we actually are the beneficiaries of his study time. We receive from that. So we should pray that that is effective for him and that the Lord can help him with that. Uh, obviously, wisdom for decisions, directions that glorify God. I mean, not every pastor is the pastor of a church this size or a church that has a school or has this ministry or that ministry. So he oversees all those things and he may not be you know, every single day in those things, but he does have to set some direction for them. So just pray for wisdom for those things. Uh, boldness to stand on the truth when it's unpopular. I mean, this day and age right now, it's becoming more and more unpopular to speak what is in this book. And that's what the Lord has called him to do. So we should be praying for boldness for him to do that. Uh, and last, lastly, this is not an extensive list, but godly fellowship and counsel. Uh, we, we, we really appreciate it when we come to church and we have fellowship with one another. Uh, we can seek counsel for one another. But do we consider that pastor needs that as well? He needs close friends, he needs close fellowship, he needs people that he can bounce ideas off. Deacons are great for for doing that. I know that he really appreciates our deacons for that. But he just needs that. And sometimes that can come in the form of just a phone call from someone else, another pastor. I know Pastor Fisher is that for him as well. So just pray along those lines that he would receive these things that he can then effectively minister to us as well. I know this is a little bit, probably a little bit dry, but I pray that it's actually something that we take note of and we can continue to, continue to think about and do. So the first one is pray for him. The next one is remember that he is a man. 
Remember, he is a man. He might be appointed, well, he is appointed by God to lead this church, but he's not a superhero. He's not a super perfect Christian. He does his best, I believe he does his best to please the Lord in everything he does, but he's not perfect, just like you and I are not perfect. He is a man. And you know what that means? That means he has feelings, he has cares. That means he, he does worry about some things sometimes. That means he does get discouraged. He does get weary. Hence, we should pray for his rest. Uh, he may not always wear his emotions on his sleeve, but if they do come through and you might be like, oh, why is he showing that? Just have a bit of grace, have a bit of patience. Just think about it like this. If you've ever been in a workplace where you've tried to be a testimony and a witness as a Christian, you tried to be Christ-like in your workplace amongst non-saved, unsaved people, and you just try and be Christ-like in everything that you do, and you know, you're going to have a bad week or a bad day, something's going to upset you, and you probably just, you know, get a bit frustrated. And someone will be like, hey, I thought you were a Christian, that's not very Christ-like. And you just feel like punching them first of all, but then you calm down, you'll be like, well, okay, yes, I'm a Christian, but I'm not perfect, mate. And no one is. So I'm not saying, you know, pastor's up here and if he sins or, you know, you see him do some grievous sin through the week or whatever, just go, oh, he's just a man. No, but I'm saying he's going to show sometimes his, 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 that he's a bit weary. You're going to see on his face sometimes that he might just be a little bit discouraged about some things. So don't, let's not judge him for that. Let's just understand, hey, I can be like that. Every single Christian can be like that. He's going to go through these things. He's a man. Let's afford him some grace. Let's be patient. And let's go back to point one and let's pray for him. Okay. So this is not a wrap, wrap on your knuckles as a church. This is an encouragement to just remember him in these things. Okay. So let's remember that he is a man. Uh, so pray for him. Remember he's a man. Number three is this. Speak well of him. Purpose to speak well of him. I mean that. I really mean that. Just speak well of him. You may not always agree with every single decision that our pastor makes, but that doesn't give us the right to speak badly of him or speak ill of him. So speak well of him. Uh, particularly parents, to your kids, to your family, once you leave here and you're at home and just discussions about church or, or the pastor come up, just speak well of him. Just Raise him up in their eyes, you know, and we're not raising up a man and, you know, worshipping a man, but we're just saying this is the man that God has appointed to lead us in this church, so we're going to treat him well and we're going to speak well of him and we're going to listen to what he has to say and we're going to pray for him and we're going to remember that, you know, he does have good days and bad days, but try as much as you can to speak well of him. Uh, so that means even just amongst us church members, uh, you know, you have conversations and the topic of the pastor comes up or whatever it is, just try and speak well of him. Just speak good things. Um, you know, and I've said this illustration many times before. There's going to be, like I said, there's going to be things that you perhaps don't agree with or maybe even don't understand that he's made a decision on. Um, but you can find good things in everything if you purpose to. You can focus on the good things. It's just like honouring your parents. You may not always like every decision they make, but you can find all the good things and you can put focus on those things. It's like a newborn baby. They're pretty ugly, but you can find some nice thing to say about them. And you go, oh, I really like their hair. 
All I'm saying is purpose to be that kind of church member is that when the topic of the pastor comes up, what good thing can I say about him? We really should fully amen that because we really should be doing this, okay? Um, Particularly, guys, to unhappy or disgruntled church members because that's going to happen. Inevitably, there'll be somebody who's not happy about something. I'm not saying yourself, but somebody else. Then purpose to speak well of the pastor then. Back him up. Support him. Have his back. You know, give him the benefit of the doubt. If someone says, oh, he's this or he did this or he didn't do this, well, give him the benefit of the doubt. He's not there. Back him up. Just like you would expect him to do. And I know he does do that. I mean, after being, you know, on staff for 10 years... I know that he does speak well of others when they're not there and he tries to back people up. So we should do the same for him. So try and speak well and stand stand up for him. And really this is just the basics in honouring, respecting authority. We should do that anyway. We should do that even just with our boss or, you know, members of government or whatever it is. We We should do that anyway, but let's not in the church of God neglect that we should do that about our pastor as well. So pray for him, remember his man, speak well of him. Next one is this, listen to him. Listen to him. He speaks a lot. He, he, he studies a lot. He's giving forth the word of God a lot. We need to really take heed to what he says. Uh, and when I'm not saying take heed to just his opinions. Uh, I don't like cricket. Okay, I'm just going to put it out there. I do not like cricket. You can boo me all you like. I don't care. See, I get some raised hands here. No, just kidding. (laughs) So I'm not saying, you know, just nod and agree with every single opinion that he has because we all have differing opinions on things. But when he's speaking forth the word of God, listen to him. Take notice of what he's saying. Why? Because Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 12, and you don't have to go there, It says this, and he, as Jesus, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for this cause, for this reason, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So Ephesians 4 says that the pastor is given to the church for perfecting and edifying the members of the church. So that means... If we come here and he's speaking from this book, then we need to listen to what he's saying because God has ordained him to give forth these things. And yes, it's going to be uncomfortable sometimes. You're not going to like the truth that comes out here sometimes. But you need to listen to what he's saying. Just like you'd expect your children, you know, you're not going to like this instruction I give you, but you need to listen to what I'm saying because it's truth. It's not an opinion, it's truth. So when he speaks forth from this book then we need to pay attention and listen up. We need to do that, not just when he's doing it from the pulpit, but he's going to, God is going to use him and has greatly used him in private talks with people, in counselling sessions with people, just by the way talks with people. The Lord's going to bring out some things for you, for us to listen to, and it's from the Lord, through his voice, we need to listen to these instructions, to encouragements, to warnings, whatever they are. Okay. I'm not saying just be a yes man, like, yeah, yeah, just do everything the pastor says. Because I know this about pastor is he's, he's very hesitant to just say, go and do this thing. He will give you biblical advice and, and different things, but 
he'll, he'll very rarely say, you should just go and do this thing. But he'll be very balanced in the things that he shows you. So if he's doing that, it's of the Lord and we need to just, we need to listen to that. We need to pay attention to that. He doesn't come each week to entertain us. He comes to minister to us. He comes to fulfil those verses before, feeding the church of God, feeding the flock, watching for our souls. So he's not coming just to, you know, get something off his chest or, or to have a great time. He's coming to minister to us, which means he's come every time. He's come, prayed up, studied up, because he believes that the Lord would have him to minister to us. So that means we need to have our ears open, ready to hear what is said from this place. Is that okay to say that? Okay, good. All right, so we need to listen to him. Uh, Next one is this. And this might rub you the wrong way, but we need to encourage him. And the reason I say it might rub you the wrong way is because sometimes we can be like, well, I want to be encouraged first. I want someone to pat me on the back first. I want someone to tell me I'm doing a good job first. Let's not wait for that. Let's just be the people who say, hey, I want to be an encouragement to somebody else. I want to be an encouragement to my pastor because I believe that he's doing a good job. I believe that our pastor is doing a great job. So we need to encourage him. We need to thank him and show appreciation for him. Uh, A verse here, 1 Timothy 3 verse 1. It says this, If a man desire the office of a bishop, which is a pastor, he desireth a good work. That's God saying that the office of a pastor is a good work. And our pastor is, I believe, fulfilling that office and he's doing a good work. He's doing a good spiritual work. So if you see someone do a good spiritual thing, you're pretty likely to encourage them and egg them on and, and, and you know, tell them that they're doing a good job, particularly if they're a younger person. Let's not neglect our pastor He's doing a good spiritual work. And yeah, just like anyone, he can, you know, not always get it right 100% of the time. But let's encourage him and say, thank you, Pastor. And I thank everyone who has partaken of that thing down the back there because that is exactly what we're talking about. That's what we're, that's what we're saying here. So don't sit, sit here and think, oh, he's having a go at us. We're not encouraged. No, I know, I know we are. But it's just, it's just a friendly reminder that we need to keep doing that. Uh, find practical ways to do it. Send him a message. Send him a text. How easy is that? Cost you hardly anything. Probably nothing for most of our mobile phone plans. Cost you nothing to send him a message. Or just, you know, after a message, say, thank you, Pastor. And mean it. Don't just say it if it's not true, but thanks, Pastor, for that. I know that that encourages me when someone thanks me for something I've done, and I'm not doing it to seek that, and neither is Pastor Lloyd, but it's just good for us to be that way. We teach our kids, we teach other people that you should thank people for things that they do. When us as a church member, we should thank our pastor for the good spiritual work that he's doing. Okay? All right. Now I've lost my place. Ah, that's right. The other side of that, encouraging him, is this. When we encourage him, we, we can help counteract the negativity that comes his way. And we all face negativity. When we're trying to do the Lord's work, we're going to face opposition. He probably receives more than we all realise. I mean, I, I know a little bit just from, you know, obviously hearing the things that happen within the church and what people say and silly things people say or do. 
even I don't know, you know, everything that he faces, the negativity that comes across his path. Um, you know, think about this. You, he's up here, he's trying to minister to us, and then he gets down from the pulpit and someone says something silly like, oh, you said that word wrong, Pastor. Thanks for that. Imagine times that by 100. Times that by, you know, other worse things than that. I'm just saying, like, when we can just say thank you for something that he's done, that good spiritual work that he's done, it just kind of counteracts all those other things that are happening. You know, there's things even outside of this church that he's facing against him. People write articles and all sorts of stuff with his name in it. And it's just, it's not good. So when we, the more that we can encourage him, it's just, it just helps him. It just, it's part of caring for our pastor, okay? So encourage him, uh, listen to him, speak well of him. Here's the next one. Support his vision. Support his vision. God is going to show him some things that this church needs. And every church is going to need something at a different period of time. So he's going to have a vision for this church and where this church is, is headed, what we should be doing, even something as simple as a theme. Let's just get on the bandwagon and support it. Let's just say, okay, this is what the Lord's put on our pastor's heart. Then let's try and spread that throughout the church. You know how frustrating it is when you try and, you know, rally a group of people together to have the same goal, the same vision, and then half the people are just like disinterested or uh, don't really care. So if the Lord's put something on his heart, it might be a prayer point. It might be a project that he wants to, you know, have the church involved in, a ministry opportunity, an evangelism day or something like that. Then let's support those things. Let's get behind him and say, okay, we believe that the Lord is leading you in this, giving you the vision for this, then let's jump on board and let's support it. So that means if you're a parent, if you're a ministry leader, or if you just have any influence with anyone, which is all of us, then we can seek to put that through our ministries. We can seek to talk about those things. We can seek to encourage others to do it. So if it is something like an evangelism day, then let's try and get people along with us. Let's try and encourage people, hey, this is a good thing that the Lord has put on our pastor's heart. Let's get on board with it. So share his vision because it's not actually his vision. It's the Lord's vision. Do we understand that? It's coming from the Lord. Okay. So let's support him in his vision. Uh, find ways to share it. Okay, here's the next one. Is do your part. Do your part. And I understand, especially on a Sunday night like this, I'm talking to people who are doing their part. I'm talking to people who are serving, who are doing probably more than they even should sometimes because other people perhaps aren't. But what all, all I'm getting at with this is when we are in our place doing our part, it actually helps support our pastor to do his part. When we slack or let things drop, don't think that he doesn't feel it. You know how you feel it when someone lets you down or isn't in their place. He feels that exactly the same way. So if we drop the ball in some area or if we're just slack in some area, then he's going to end up feeling the effects of that because it all goes back to the top. Okay? So we need to make sure that we're doing our part, we're contributing because why? Because we're a body. We're all part of the one body. And he's part of this body as well. When he's away, like he is now, we feel that. Like when his, when his face came up on the, on, the video, on the screen this morning, I could just sense that there was a bit of, oh, our pastor within the church here. And that's a good thing. 
But it also means that we feel it when he's not here. So we feel it when he's sick or, or, or some other reason he can't be with us. He is, he is feeling the opposite of that. When we are not doing that, when we're not playing our part or doing our role, he's feeling the effects of that as well. Um, familiar, familiar verses in Acts 6, uh, when the Grecians murmured against the Hebrews, their widows weren't being, uh, they were being neglected in the daily administration and, they were look, and it came to the apostles and they're like, hey, we need to sort this, this problem out. And so the apostles said, hey, let's find some people can, that can take care of this business within the church so we can give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Because that was the important part for them to be focusing on. So that's our pastor. He, he has the office of a bishop, a good spiritual work. So if we all drop the ball and let our part, well, then that takes him away from the prayer, the ministry of the word, the things that the Lord has called him to do. So when they appointed people to do those things, and I understand we're pretty much all serving here, but just an encouragement to keep, to do, keep doing that. When they did do that, then the word of God increased and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. So that means... The, the people in charge, the apostles, they were able to do their work more effectively, I think that would have been an encouragement to them. So that's going to be an encouragement to our pastor when we're just in our place and we do, we contribute, we remember we're a part of the body, we try and be a healthy part of the body, then that helps care for our pastor. That helps him focus on the things that he can focus on, that the Lord's called him to focus on. Does that make sense? Good, great. All right. Next one, I have three and a half left. Because <laughs> I said 10, but it's kind of 11. Uh, okay, so next one is this. Care for his family. Care for his family. That's going to mean more to him than you probably realise. When you care for those that he loves... That's, that's caring for him. That's loving him. That's supporting him. If you want to be, if you want to show um, your appreciation to him, maybe you think, maybe sometimes you thought, hey, how can I, what can I get pastor if I wanted to get him a gift or something? The staff, the church staff do this all the time. It comes to his, it comes to his birthday and we're like, okay, this year, what are we going to get pastor? What do you get pastor? He just like... He's got everything or he just he doesn't need anything. He just he doesn't want for anything or whatever it is. So we're just like, oh, well, we'll give him money. <laughs> but I can tell you this, if you give him if you give his family something, if you know that there's something his wife likes or his children would enjoy, even if you don't know what you could get him, that's just as good as getting him something and sometimes even better. Now, I'm not saying you all have to go out and buy a present for pastor's family. You understand that's not what I'm saying? But I'm saying if you can just find practical ways to love his family, to care for his family, even if it's just, hey, I'm praying for your wife, or telling Cassie, hey, I'm praying for you, or just, you know, sitting down and having a chat to Sophie. I don't know, just anything like that, that helps him. That helps know that we care for him when we care for his family. When someone gives my wife a gift, I'm probably more excited than she is. So I understand how that, like, I don't know why, how, why it is that way, but it just is. So our pastor is no different. If you can love his family, then you're, you're caring for him. You're doing the same thing, okay? 
I hope that I hope that's okay. I mean, I believe in that, but I hope you guys understand that. I hope you understand, I hope you can take that. Um, it can be even better than buying him a gift or or even saying thank you to him sometimes. Okay, so try and care for his family. All right, next one. Don't assume he's too busy. Don't assume he's too busy. Uh, positively saying that same thing in a positive sense is remember that his door is always open. Remember that he actually wants to speak with you or listen to you or pray for you or whatever it is. Okay, I've never heard in the time that I've, I've in the time that I've been at this church, I've never heard pastor go. Phew! They said that they, they thought I was too busy, so they didn't actually talk to me or ask me about that thing or whatever it is. I've never heard him say that. I've always heard him say, "I wish they just had a call, or I wish they just had a knock on my door. I wish I just hadn't known about that." Because remember that he's just a man. He 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 cannot know every single thing that every single person is going through. So when he hears about something and and he hears, "Oh, they thought I was too busy." That does grieve him. He's like, oh, because I want to be diligent to know the state of my flock. I want to, I want to be able to, to shepherd their souls and feed them and, and listen and pray for them and, and tell them that I'm there for them. He, he wants to do that, okay? And I can tell you firsthand. Oh, I forgot to say this at the start. He never asked me to say this, okay? He, he doesn't even know I'm speaking about this. He doesn't even know that at the back is happening there. So I've, I've never been told or instructed, you know, hey, when I'm away, talk about the pastor. <laughs> I'm doing it when he's not here because how awkward would it be if he's sitting there and we're talking about, hey, everyone, you know, that's awkward. So this, this is not coming from him. I just wanted to get that out there. I actually had that in my notes. But where was I? Don't assume he's too busy. So he, he wants to help. He wants to minister. He wants to fulfil his calling. So he wants, okay, don't call him and say, hey, you know, I can't find my car keys. Like, that's a bit ridiculous. Just, just look for them. <laughs> but if, it's, if it is something serious and, you know, you just, he is a busy man, yes, but he's not too busy to care. He's not too busy to pray. He's not too busy to make an appointment for maybe another day, all these sorts of things. So don't assume that he's too busy for you, okay, because he wants to help you. He wants to minister better. All right. The other thing that I didn't say, this is what happens when you don't read your notes. The other thing that I didn't say is when I go to other churches, if I have opportunity to be in another church, whether it's to preach or just be there and if I get up and do a testimony or something like that, I will say stuff like this to them. And it came to my attention that I'd never really said it to our church before. I always try and encourage churches, you know, hey, support your pastor, care for your pastor, look after your pastor. But I realise I've never actually done it here before. So that's another reason that I just wanted to do this tonight, just because I think we should do it. I think we should listen to it. I think it, it's things that's going to help us and help our pastor. Okay, second last one. Remember that he needs to be fed spiritually. So it kind of goes a little bit with remember he's a man, but... Remember, he needs to be fed spiritually. And I think we do this really well here in this church and have done for many years and even with Pastor Shemesh beforehand, that we're, we're okay and we, we love the fact that he's able to go to a conference in another country and get spiritually fed and be refreshed and spend time being preached to 
spend time doing what we often do is receiving. He needs that sometimes. He needs that probably more than we realise he needs that because he's giving out all the time. That's going to drain him. So it's a great thing that we can say, hey, pastor, you know, not that he really asked for permission, but we support him in going to another place and being refreshed and encouraged by another conference or another pastor preaching to him. And the thing is, pastor being pastor, he's giving out while he's over there being refreshed at the same time. So he's still working while he's over there, but we need to remember that he needs that spiritual refreshment. Um, Don't ask him when he goes away on a conference like that, when he comes back, don't ask him, how was your holiday? Okay? He might, you know, he's going to have a nice time over there, but it's not a holiday, and you know that. If if it's something where you go away and you do a bit of work or whatever, that's not a holiday, all right? So don't ask him, how was your holiday when he comes back? How was the conference? Hey, I was praying for you. How did it go? Or or whatever it is, okay? But he needs to be fed spiritually. Uh, So let's continue to be the church that identifies the value in that. Um, Yeah, there's a cost to it. There's, you know, we kind of feel that when he's away. But we also are are blessed when he returns and he's refreshed and revived and he's been fed spiritually and he can give out and minister even better. Okay? So let's not forget that. Last one is this. And it's all these combined. It's just love him. Just love him. You know, someone, a couple of people recently have asked me, hey, how do I, how do I, they didn't say how do I love the youth, but they said how do I just care a little bit more for them? And I just said, hey, just, just get around them. Just find out what they like. Just talk to them. Just make sure that they know that they can come and talk to you or make sure they know that you're praying for something about them or whatever it is. That's how you love them. So for our pastor, just, just do all of these things. Just get to know him. Know what he struggles with. Know what he needs. Ask him what he want prayer for. Remember he's a man. Just, just get around him and just love him. Care for his family. Just do these things. Uh, maybe flick to 1 Thessalonians. This is the last thing we'll look at here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, which is where Jamie read for us. And there's just a couple of words I just want to pull out here in, in these verses. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. And it says this, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them, which is understanding, finding out about them, which labour among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, verse 13, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Just look at that. Esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. I want to show you what some of these words mean. Esteem. This is what it means. It literally means to lead like you're leading an animal to a destination. So we're supposed to esteem. We're supposed to lead the person who's over us in the Lord, which is our pastor. We're supposed to lead him to love, like, hey, pastor, you got no choice. I'm just going to love you. I'm just going to lead you to what love is it? It's agape. It's God's love. So it's saying esteem them, lead them very highly, which is interpreted more than necessary. 
exceeding abundant. That's what it means. So we're supposed to lead him exceeding abundantly in God's love for his work's sake, for his labor's sake, for his good spiritual work's sake. So it's like we're saying, hey, pastor, you got no choice. I'm just going to love you more than is necessary, more than I even think I need to, because you're doing a good spiritual work. That's a pretty good verse. <laughs> that says, love your pastor, care for your pastor. That's how we need to think about our pastor, is not wait for him to you know, love us more, but just I'm going to be the church member that is pushing our pastor into God's love. More than we think is necessary, exceeding abundant. So we think, yeah, he probably deserves this. This is how we think sometimes. He probably deserves about this much love. Well, the Bible, God is saying he deserves more than you even think, more than you deem necessary. So love him. Take these things and just try and put them into action, put them into practice. Create a list of prayer points. Maybe set a reminder on your phone every week, two weeks, I don't know, whatever, to ask him, hey, how can I pray for you? Purpose to thank him for the work that he's doing, the good spiritual work that he's doing. Look and find out, hey, what does his family need? It might just be a simple prayer point, but it might be something practical that you can do for them. So we need to think about these things, think on these things, and then lead him into God's love. Show him that we care for him. And like I said, I know that a lot of us are already doing this. So don't think, oh man, I've got to keep, I've got to do more. Some of us do have to do more. Some of us are doing it quite enough. But just an encouragement. And hey, if you've got kids, teach them these things about our pastor. That they need this. Okay. So that's it for tonight. I hope that's a help. I hope that these are some practical things that we can take on board. And um, yeah, just love him care for our pastor. All right, I'm just going to pray and then we're going to be dismissed. So if we bow our heads with me. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Father, that you have given us uh, our pastor, this church, uh, the, the group of believers that are here, Lord God. We thank you for building us up and uh, we thank you for supporting our pastor and all that he does and, and guiding him in all that he does, Lord. Uh, I pray that you would help us to love him more than we do, Father God. Show us areas that we can be more of a support and care for him, Lord God. Uh, Father, we thank you for the gift that he is to this local church. Thank you that you do supply your churches with under-shepherds, Father, who care and, to, and who do a good spiritual work. I pray, Lord, that this would be an encouragement and a help to our church. And I pray, Father, that you would please be with our pastor and his wife, Cassie, and his children at this time. I pray that you would guide them I pray you would strengthen them, Lord God, for what is to come. Uh, bring them back to us safely, Father. Help us uh, to take on board this esteeming him very highly in love for his work's sake, Lord. Help us to remember these things, I pray. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I thank you for blessing this evening, blessing this day. And uh, I pray that you would guide us for the rest of this week, Lord. Help us, Father, to uh, be sensitive to your Holy Spirit as we go about our week. We thank you, we love you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.